We are in this uh, series, a new one called What's, What's Next? Now, the context of this series is discerning God's leading for your life. I'm not concerned about what's next after the service. Perhaps you're going to go out to eat. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not concerned about what you're going to do next this week. But I'm concerned that whenever you're making moves, are those moves God's leading for your life? Can, can you sense God's hand? Can you see him leading you where you need to go? So last week I was asking the question, are you qualified for next? I know you want the marriage. I know you want the promotion. I know you want the kids. I know you want to travel the world. But the question is, are you qualified for what God is about to give? Are you qualified for next? And so I was just trying to, to agitate your spirit and to really help you to ask yourself, am I really ready? Should I take a pause and allow God to work in me all the things he needs to work in me so that I'm actually prepared for what next is all about. So, Pastor Sam, you know, uh, I was only able to get through verse 1 last week of Joshua chapter 1. Because there was so much right there to say. And what I'm going to try to do today is to get through verse number 2 until verse number 4. And then la- next week I'm going to help you to understand verse number 6 until verse number 9. So we're, we're spending a, a bit of time in Joshua. And if your body is uh, working, there's no pain in your body, please rise with me as we read the scripture text this morning in the book of Joshua chapter number 1. And we're going to consider from particularly today verse 2 until verse 5, but I want to begin in verse number 1. When you got it, uh, Brother Nathan said, Pastor, I got it. All right, I got you. Can Can I read? All right, all right. Let's do this. Look at what it says. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord... The Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant. And let me just tell you, even if you serve God, bad things are going to happen to you. Just because you serve God, it doesn't mean you're immune to difficulties and problems. Verse number two says, Moses, my servant, is dead. The second time. Now watch this. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan. Can I just read that one more time? Go over this Jordan. This Jordan. Not Michael Jordan. But the Jordan in Palestine. Go over this Jordan. You and all this people. Sometimes you got to bring people with you. You and all this people into the land that I am giving to them. To the people of Israel. Watch this. I love this. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you. Ah, just as I promised to Moses, God does it the way he said it. Amen, somebody. (laughs) From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. And I want somebody today to claim your territory. Shall be your territory. Watch this. No man 
shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Not the policeman, not the immigration officer, not the president, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life just as I was with Moses. So I will be with you and I will not leave you or forsake you today. Let's cross over. Let us cross over. Let us pray. Mighty God, it's your moment to speak. And I'm simply a man with a mic to communicate what it is you have inspired and revealed to me. So that somebody else can see revelation and inspiration and have motivation for devotion for Jesus. I pray for your spirit to move mightily in this place. I pray that it may wake us to hear your voice. So we can discern your leading for our lives. In just my prayer. Amen. You may be seated. Basketball players must deal with defenders when they play the game. Defenders will bump you. Defenders will bruise you. They will block you. The quick question is, what must an offensive player do to a defender? Get this, Brother Adriel. When basketball players go into the game, they go into the game knowing that they'll be defenders. In fact, Brother Glenn, Basketball players understand and look forward to defenders in the game. The game would not be fun. The game would not be interesting if it was not for defenders. And here's a funny thing. In basketball, you are both a defender and an offensive player. Last Thursday, I had an opportunity to play with Ed O'Reilly, and we were at Gibeca Arena having a good time. And he understands what I'm talking about, that you go on one end of the court, you score, but you got to come back on the other end of the court and defend. So you play both sides of the game. You defend and you score. So basketball players, watch this, Brother Bernard, have to come up with a strategy. In order to deal with the obstacles that they know are going to be a part of the game. So basketball players must utilize a move. There are many moves. But one that is common is the crossover. The crossover is a, is a killer basketball move. Because the crossover allows you to lead the basketball, the defender one way. But you go the other way. You guys know Kyrie Irving, right? He's very good at crossovers. Steph Curry is very good at crossovers. Some of the greatest names in, in, the, in the game of basketball, they, they know how to utilize the crossover. They want the, play, the defender to go one way while they go another way because they understand something. Obstacles are part of the game. And the way to deal with obstacles is not to run away from them, Sister Dita. It's to find a move that is going to make your obstacle go one way while you go the other way. 
Okay, you're not feeling me yet. So let me drop it like this. You see, obstacles will stand in your way even if God gave you an opening. I hear you, Elder Evil. I hope I hear the rest of you today. I hope you're here today. Obstacles will stand in your way even if God gives you an opening. Let me put it like this so maybe you can appreciate what I'm trying to say. Before, when we were in the pandemic and the PPKM levels were high, we no longer heard about Ganjil Genap. You could drive any day of the week without fear of the police. But the moment Ganjil Genap, I mean, the moment the PPKM level disappeared and it went down, Ganjil Genap says, I'm back. <laughs> you thought I was gone? I'm back. And he came back with a vengeance, y'all. One day I'm, I'm, I'm on the road and the police officer said, Papa, Ganjil Genap. And I had to come up with a story, man. I'm a foreigner, blah, 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 all this thing. And he, he let me go. But I said, praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> but you and I understand that a, a, a Ganjil Genap is an obstacle that we must live with. And we have come up with strategies that if my car is even, I'm not going to drive on the odd date. If my car is odd, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to drive on the even date. I will find a strategy. Perhaps on the day that I cannot drive, I'll find a grab. I'll find a go check. I'll take a busway, whatever it is, or I'll get my friends to pick me up. We have found strategies to deal with the obstacles of life in Jakarta. So we have learned how to live with Ganjil Ganap. And what I'm trying to help somebody to understand is that obstacles are part of life. Get used to it. Learn to deal with it. Learn to handle it. And haven't you noticed that whenever you're trying to do something, there is always an obstacle. When you're trying to sleep early and you've told yourself, I'm going to sleep at 10 PM, you just get an urge to go on Instagram. And you're not sleeping at 10, you're sleeping at 12.30. You tell yourself, tomorrow I'm going to exercise. I can look at my waistline, I don't know who is bigger me, or I'm not going to say so you tell yourself tomorrow morning, coffee day and I are going to have a relationship. We're going to go out there, have a good time together. I'm going to exercise and I'm going to sweat. But you wake up in the morning and somehow you just don't feel like it. You're trying to pray more. But every morning, you just have an urge to get on, 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 on Facebook. To get started on work. And so, the people among us who are so used to defeat, who are so used to giving up when it's hard, what we do is we allow the obstacle to, to, to obliterate our confidence. And we start to tell ourselves a crazy messages like this. Oh, it's not supposed to be this hard. I shouldn't have to fight so hard for this. 
We, we, we tell ourselves that the, the partnership should have chemistry. The workout routine should just kill my weight. The application should not have so many sections. We start to tell ourselves I'm not good at this. So we allow the obstacle to obliterate our confidence. And instead of going for the medium and the hard thing, we always choose what is easy. But let me put it to you like this. Not all obstacles are objections from God. You got to treat obstacles as opportunities. Okay, nobody got that one. It's all right. Sometimes when it is hard, it's not God saying, you know, God is simply trying to say, what are you made of? God is trying to say, do you got the tenacity? Do you got the drive? Do you got the energy for this? Do you really, really want this? I've learned in my life that nothing worth it comes easy. Even if it's God ordained and even if if God wants you to do it, it will be a situation that will not be easy. And this is one of the things, Pastor Sam, that I had to learn very quickly as a pastor, that in the church where there are God's people, it is always not easy. You got to deal with difference of opinion. You got to deal with people who believe in Jesus, but they're not so motivated to work for Jesus. I used to think that in, in God's church it would be so easy, but God has let me to understand, Henry, that's a part of it. You got to love it. And so I don't complain as much. I don't, I go to sleep more in peace because I've understood that's just the game plan. You wanted the chemistry, didn't you, the degree? So yeah, you got to figure out to balance the equations, You wanted the more money, right? So you got to figure out how to discipline yourself and handle your debits and your credits. And some of us are crying to God for the very things that we ask God to give us. Because somehow we have discovered that it's not as easy. Somehow we've discovered that we have to maintain. Somehow we've discovered that no, every day I got to put into, I got to put in something into what God has given me. And so I came to tell somebody here today that look. Don't look at the objection, at the the obstacle as an objection. Learn to see it as an opportunity that you can grow, brother Malolo, and you can be better. And and perhaps you might think, oh, pastor is being a motivational speaker this morning. Let let me just tie us to the text this morning so that we can appreciate how, how God is talking to Joshua. God says to Joshua, brother Nick, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all these people into the land that I'm giving to them, to the people of Israel. Two objections are in the text. Moses is dead. Can you imagine? Sister Danik, how how Joshua must have felt? How big of an obstacle it was for Moses to die? He's a young man. To lead a nation that is so stubborn, that is so difficult. Joshua no longer has a Moses to talk to. 
He has no longer a Moses to give him direction. How is he going to lead without guidance? And the second objection in the text is that Joshua must deal with not only somebody who has died, but he must deal with a Jordan River. You may not see it, so let me help you to see it. The Jordan River is the most important river in Israel. It begins north in Mount Hermon. It runs through the Sea of Galilee and it empties out in the Dead Sea. Israel will not be Israel without the Jordan River. It's the lifeblood. On many occasions in the year, in the year, the Jordan is like a stream you can just cross over. In fact, you can walk through it. It's not a, an impressive river. It is not like a Nile or an Amazon. It's not even like the Chilewong. <laughs> Maybe it's better than the Chilewong, but I, I don't know. But there are times, Eroray, that the Jordan River will flood. According to a report in 2018, 21 people were killed because of flooding in the Jordan River. And the time that Joshua is at the Jordan River, the river is flooded. And God is saying to Joshua, cross over. Moses is dead, an obstacle. But even if he wants to cross over, it's a flood. But God is saying, cross. Mm, 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 mm. You see, God will bring you to the place that the only way forward is to force through the obstacle. There's no bridge. There's no plane. There's no stairs. There's no elevator. You just got to go through, through, and through. Force your way through. Joshua, I know he is dead. I know a flood is raging. Don't worry about that. Cross over. There's no other option. There's no other way. There's no plan B, Joshua. You got to cross over. You got to push through. You got to go forward. And I believe that somebody today is at that place like Joshua. You can't go back. Because Moses is dead. You need to go forward, but there's a raging flood. There's a situation. And I believe that for some of us, until we learn to force through, we're now going to see God's power in our lives. Perhaps for you, it's until, and you will not get the weight off until you cross over your cravings at night. I know they wake you up. You can be in bed at night, but whew, whew, that S-Boa will call you. <laughs> and you're sitting up at 1 a.m. in the morning going at it. I don't mean to pick on you. and I know it's a struggle. I know it's a difficult challenge for you. But God may be telling you today, if you want to go to the next level, if you really want to be healthy, if you want to see things change in your life, you will need to cross over this cravings. Perhaps for you, it may not be cravings. 
It may be that Instagram. That just finds a way to distract you when you have, when you have to pay attention and to focus. And God is saying, are you willing to turn off the notifications on your phone so you can study, so you can pray? So for God says, you can even work. For some of you, you may not be that Instagram, but you might need to set those boundaries. You might need to learn to say no. You might need to learn to say, uh-uh, I draw the line right here. You might need to know to say, you know what, my son, my daughter, I, I know I always give you the money that you want, but you're wasting money today. I'm not giving you the money. No, more. You may not like that because you may feel like you're not a good parent, but you see, I got to teach my child the value of money. And until you get to that place, that you're willing to cross over. Whatever is difficult. You'll be stuck. And some of us are stuck. In arguments. Stuck in disagreements. Stuck in excuses. Stuck in worry. Stuck in criticism. Stuck in joylessness. Stuck in anger. Stuck in danger. But I want you to see, and we, we can take a cue from our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice what the text says. Who, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus had to cross over shame. Do you understand that? He had to carry a cross. That was for a criminal. God had to carry a cross. That was for a criminal. Jesus was stripped, stripped to, his, to his underwear. We don't even know if he had underwear. Jesus was slapped as he was going to the cross. People spat on the face of Jesus. But the text says, Jesus saw that there would be joy at the end of this. Jesus saw that he would save somebody at the end of it. Jesus saw that he would sit at the throne, at, at the throne of God. And so he says, I know it is painful. I know it is difficult. I know it is hard, but I'm going to cross over. Because there's something better at the end of this. There is something greater at the end of this. And so you, when you're facing something and a situation and a difficulty, you got to know that whatever God is leading you forward to, there is something better. You will see God's hand. You will, you will see things change. God is not interested for you to be stuck. God wants you to make progress. Amen, somebody? Okay. You're not feeling it yet? So let me put it this way. You see, if you're really going to cross over, I want you to pay attention to a few things. First thing is, you got to rise up to cross over. So let me put it like this. Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, arise, go over this Jordan. I hope you saw it. It's right there in the text. God says, Sister Grace, rise up. He's dead. Now, therefore, rise up. Okay. Let me help you to see it. 
God is saying to Moses, to Joshua, you have to change position. Mm. Moses, Joshua, you have been in grief, crying for Moses. You have been sitting down, but you got to change position. You cannot cross over where you are, the position you have taken. You can only cross over if you change position. And let me help somebody. You can change position by simply making a decision. You can change position by setting boundaries. You can change position by sleeping without your phone. Amen, somebody. You can change position by simply saying no to a friend. You can change position by simply saying, you know what? I'm going to start to save my money. And that can be the deciding factor for you. So God is saying to, to Joshua, Joshua, change position because God understood something. Change only comes if you and I are willing to change a position. To rise up is not only a change of position. To rise up is a matter of action, not reflection. Everyone, let me let you know a little bit about myself. By nature, I am a reflector. I think through stuff. I have to think first before I act on it. Anybody like that? You think a lot. Okay. I think I'm the one who thinks in here. All right. And sometimes I've thought too much that I have lost promotions. <laughs> I'm thinking about buying it. I can take a week, but after a week, <laughs> when I want to buy it again, it ain't there. <laughs> I have paid higher prices for plane tickets simply because I was reflecting. Back in the day, I, I lost dates because I was thinking too much. All the fellas got that one. <laughs> so some of us, we think, 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 and we think for the rest of our lives. <laughs> and life passes on by. So when God tells Joshua, rise up, he's saying, Joshua... It's not time for reflection. It is time for action. And somebody today needs to take action. And for Joshua, the action was cross over this Jordan. Don't think about it. I know there's a flood. I know it's dangerous. But Joshua, please cross over. And somebody today needs to stop procrastinating. If you must write, write. If you must quit, quit. If you must exit, exit the group, exit the group. If you need to stop, stop it. It doesn't matter. Start doing something. Start doing something. Act. Now, For some of us, when it's time to act, we get dizzy. We don't see straight. No, we, we get queasy all of a sudden. We, we, we go on our beds and we start to think, ah, should I? 
And we put our head in the pillow, <laughs> dizzy with, with, with the inability to take action. It happens to me. I don't know if it, it happens to you. <laughs> or sometimes you, 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 you leave your place and you go outside to walk around your, your, your building because you're trying to figure out, should I, should I not, should I, should I not? I don't know if I'm speaking to somebody this morning. Sometimes at the place of action, we, we get dizzy. We, we don't move. But God didn't allow Joshua to get dizzy. He said, Joshua, I know there are difficulties. I know there are challenges, but it's not time to get dizzy. It's time to get busy. And you know what makes us dizzy? It's because we fear. What will happen? How will it go like? And therefore, because we're so afraid of loss, so afraid of comments and criticism, so afraid to look different. We don't act. We become dizzy. But Joshua must cross over. Even though Moses is dead. And even though he's dealing with the flood. And perhaps that's where you are today. I'm telling you God's word. Go forward. Cross over. Take action. So I'm not aware of what the obstacles are. I'm not aware of how you feel. I'm, I'm not aware of, of the struggles you're facing. But God is simply saying, cross over. Take a step. Take a stand. Do something. Because man does not live by obstacles. But man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Man does not live by obstacles. But he lives by hearing of the word of God. You don't walk by obstacles, but you walk by faith. And notice, brother and sister... It is God who said to Moses, rise up. And so Moses, uh, not Moses, Joshua must not focus on the obstacle. He must not focus on the difficulty. He must follow the command of God. When God is saying, rise up, he must rise up no matter how he feels, no matter how he sees it, no matter how he's going. But as long as he's paying attention to what God is saying, to what God is commanding, he's good. So Moses, not Moses, you're dead. Joshua is not rising up because he's saying, I have strength. <laughs> he's not rising up because he's saying, I'm so educated. He's not rising up because he's saying, I know everything. No, he says, God said it. Ah, sometimes I wonder if you hear what I say and if you hear what the word is saying. This Christianity thing, this faith thing is, is really very simple when we, boil, when, it, when we really think about it. All we have to do is to do what God said. We'll be good. Hmm? All we have to do is to do what God is saying. Keep Sabbath? Keep Sabbath. Give back? Give back. Be kind? Be kind. I, I mean, it's that simple. But we make it complicated, Sister Nova, because of what they think. What I'm going to look like. How difficult it's going to be. 
And therefore, instead of rising up, we stay down. Instead of going up, we stay down. Instead of taking progress, we stay down. So if you're going to cross over, you must cross over following what God is saying. And if you're truly going to discern, Brother Donald, that the, the direction of God in your life, it must be because your life is based upon what God is saying. Not what the markets are saying. Not what your family is saying. Not, 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 not what your wife is saying. Not, not, not what your heart is saying. But it must be because of what God said. So you must cross over. You must rise up if you're going to cross over. But the other thing I need to tell you is that crossing over often leads to something better. Watch this. I want to impress you. God says, if you cross over Joshua, you and all these people are going to go into the land that I'm giving to them, to the people of Israel. Ha, 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 ha. God is saying, Joshua, if you stay here, <laughs> you have no country. If you stay here, there'll be no flag. If you stay here, you cannot build a house. But if you cross over, I'm going to bring you into the land of promise. And so God, listen to me, was bringing Joshua into something better. Where he was, wasn't good for him. God says, Joshua, I need you to go into the land of promise. Where your dreams can become reality. Where your faith can be seen. Where your hopes can be true. And I want you to understand that that's what God wants to do for you. That's what God wants to do for your family. He wants to do that for your, for your business. He wants to do that for your career. He wants to do that for your friendships. He wants to do that for your church. God is not interested in you being at a low level. God is not interested in you being at the same place. God wants you to be at a better place. And God told Joshua, he said, Joshua, from the wilderness to this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, or the land of the Hittites, to the great river, to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. In fact, God says to Joshua, Joshua, just walk around. Just walk around. When I, when I was in high school, I used to walk with a, with a limp. You know, it was cool to walk like this. You know what I mean? So you walk around with a certain sense of confidence. God is telling Joshua, Joshua, walk around. Everywhere you walk around, that is yours. Because when God has promised it, he doesn't give you small things. God gives you big things. And the difference between you being fully benefited by God is determined by how much you walk around. I think Elder Reba is the one getting it this morning, you know, because he, he's, he's, in, he's in this thing. Pastor, are you here? <laughs> All right, I, I see you. <laughs> you got to walk. For we walk not by sight, but by what? Ooh. Now, now there are Christians in the place. There, there are Bible readers in the place. <laughs> For we walk not by sight, but we walk by faith. So whatever God has promised... You cannot focus on what you see. 
You got to focus on what you don't see. And what you got to do is to walk around. God has said from the wilderness to this Lebanon as far as the great river. You got to believe that you can go as far as the great river. You got to believe that you can be promoted. You got to believe that you can live beyond hand to mouth. You got to believe that you can be happy at home. You got to believe that your children can be, can be faithful. You got to believe that God will bless you and strengthen you and give you health. But you got to walk. You got to walk. Your walk will determine your wealth. God just puts it there and he says, walk. Let's go. I wonder how Joshua did it. But, but here's the funny thing. The people of Israel never got all the territory because they were not willing to walk. And that's the saddest thing. When somebody has said... You know, um, sometimes I go to people's homes and uh, they tell me, please eat. And in my heart, yeah, I want to eat, but I'm thinking, oh, this is not my place. Yeah, I don't want to I don't want to look like I'm, uh, I'm an overeater. <laughs> you know? So I'll, I'll just take a little bit and, you know, I'll sit nicely and just, just eat my part. And then the person will come to me and say, eat. Eat. You are home. Be cool. And for some of us, God is saying to you and I, eat, walk. Don't be, don't be satisfied. By the little crumbs that are falling from the table. Do something. So God always wants to bring us to a better place. My mom, I love her dearly. She told me something. That I try to live by until today. She says to me, Brother Jeff. Whenever you go to a place. Leave it better than you found it. So I remember one time I was moving from one apartment to the next apartment. I literally scrubbed down the apartment. I, 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 I kept it clean because, uh, because I, I wanted the next person to find this place better than how I left it. And that's what God wants to do for you. He knows that you're not where you need to be. He knows that there's still trash in your life. He knows that there's still dirt he needs to clean. And he's simply saying, come to me, follow me, so that I can make you better than what you are. That I can make you greater than what you are. I can make you smarter than what you are. I can make you wiser than what you are. I can make you more committed than what you are. More devoted than what you are. I can make you more faithful than what you are. I can make you more loving than what you are. But you got to come, come to me. And it only happens when we cross over. It only happens when you and I decide to believe in what God can do. I don't know how much time I have, but I think I've gone long. But let me, let me try to, to wrap this thing around this particular situation that I'm trying to really help you to understand. The land was a gift from God. Sister Nova. All that the people had to do is to receive it. Okay, you didn't get that, so let me flip it another way. 
Joshua and the people of Israel did not have to work for the land. All they had to do is receive the gift of the land. Because God is a giving God. God is a gracious God. God understood the people of Israel and Joshua. They are not a powerful country like the U.S. or China. In fact, they are poor. They don't have military strategy. They don't have all the resources. And so God says, I'm looking at their weaknesses. I'm looking at the things that they don't have. And all I'm going to do is to give to them what they don't have. And if they can receive what I'm promising them, if they can take what I'm promising them, then they're truly going to live their best life. And it reminds me of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We are told, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. And for somebody today, you simply need to receive Jesus. And you're going to become a child of God. People have called you the child of the devil. People might call you the child of complaining. People might say you're the child of no good. But the Bible says when you receive Jesus, when you accept him into your life, you become a child of God. And so that's where God wants to bring some of us. To the place where Jesus transforms us and changes us. And makes us better. And I know there's somebody here who you have truly not accepted Jesus yet in your life. But today you can simply say, Lord, I receive Jesus. That's all. And we start to do that. We start to do that. Your life is different. Here it is. The thing that you must also think about as you, you try to cross over and here's really where I want to, to land a plane is to tell you that when you cross over, you don't do it alone. You do it with God. It's right there in the text. God tells Joshua, just as I was with Moses, I will be with you and I will not leave you or forsake you. Which tells me something that God's presence is not stuck in a place it's not stuck in an era God's presence is contagious like the pandemic it can catch anybody and anyone the key question is do they want it God is saying Joshua Joshua as you're going through the flood I will be with you when you attack the Canaanites I will be with you when you set up your tent, I will be with you. Wherever you go, I will go. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. And it tells me something. If God could be with Moses, if God could be with Joshua, then God can be with Henry. God can be with Pastor Sam. God can be with Elder Evil. God can be with Sister Tabby. God can be with Sister Audrey. God can be with Sister Grace. God can be with anybody because God, watch this, does not play favorites. Anybody and everybody who says, God, I want you, I need you, gets the full blessings, gets the full, the full benefit 
of his kingdom. I'm about to wrap it up. Let the guys come who play come. Brother Glenn, I love this. Because it helps me to know that God used Moses. God used Joshua. He can use me. And I know some of you think, oh, wow. The pastor prays better than me. Oh, wow. The pastor speaks better than me. Oh, 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 wow. He, he's more blessed than me. Stop that. If God can be with the pastor, God can be with you. If God can help the pastor bring somebody to Jesus, God can do that for you. If God can be in a family that you admire, God can be in your family. Ah. If God can be with somebody's job and help them overcome in a company that doesn't want them, overcome in a company that is out there to get them and they survive that, God can do that for you. God don't play favorites. Everybody is his favorite. The difference is how much we are willing to walk. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. If you stick with God, God will stick with you. He won't go. He won't leave. This morning, I got a text message from one of my friends. Tomorrow, I'll be running a 21K marathon in uh, Bears Day. And we're supposed to run together. But he texted me, hey, Henry, can I join you for the run tomorrow? My wife lost her uncle. So we're at the cemetery today and tomorrow. So I'm sorry, but you're going to have to run alone tomorrow. So I text her back. I said, hey, bro, I'm sorry to hear that. I'm praying for you and your wife. May God bless you and be with you. Then it hit me. Yes. People can leave. People can leave. We, we can lose things in life. We can lose people. But God never ever leaves us. Because he is the resurrection and the life. Anything you have, anyone you have can leave. Shoot, you can even leave yourself if you go mad in your mind. <laughs> but God never leaves you or forsake you. He'll never abandon you. He'll never unfriend you. He'll never fire you. <laughs> Though maybe he might want to sometimes. And this is what I want you to understand. When God is with you, 
No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Sometimes when I'm at the airport, <laughs> the immigration officer will take my passport and look at it 10 times. <laughs> you're not Nigerian, you're not. I'm like, man, just let me in, man. I got a, I got a visa. I got, I'm good. What, what, what's wrong with you? Sometimes when I'm talking to the service representative, they'll put me on hold for a long time. Sometimes it's the police officers who stop me. So then, what does God mean when he says no man shall stand in front of you the day of your life? Because I, I don't know about you, but many people are always standing in my way. Sometimes I do not know how to move because they're standing in front. But what God wanted Joshua to understand is this. As long as you go with me on my mission and do my will and do my work, no man will stand. So you and I have to decide how are we going to live our lives? Who are we going to live our lives for? And if we're living our lives for God, we are going to, uh, to succeed. And, and, and living for God doesn't mean there are no obstacles. But living for God simply means that the obstacles become opportunities for you to overcome. Become opportunities for you to cross over. For God to bring you to the place where you need to go. There is somebody today who needs to cross over. Who is saying, God, I know you're with me. Who is saying, God, I know you're not leaving me. Uh, God, you're not abandoning me. God, I'm crossing over with you. Is there somebody like that this morning? I'm crossing over with you, God. Let me see. Let me see you by show of hands. Let me, let, me, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Somebody crossing over simply means accepting Jesus. And there's somebody in this place who has never accepted Jesus Christ. September, at the end of this September, we're having another baptism. There's four people already being prepared for baptism in September. Perhaps you're going to be the fifth or the sixth. You need to cross over to Jesus. Because your best life is waiting for you there. You're saying, Pastor, I want Jesus in my life. I want him to lead me. Perhaps you are shy. Please see me at the end of the service. I'll make time for you today. We can talk. I'll help you figure this out. Every head is bowed. Every set of eyes is closed as we pray. Father God, we want to cross over. And we think that we cannot cross over if you're not there with us. But you have promised today that you'll be with us. You'll never leave us. You'll never forsake us. You'll guide us and lead us all the way to the very end. Please, Lord. Give us a confidence to cross over. Even if there are obstacles and challenges. Give us the grace, Lord, to believe that you never leave us or forsake us. Give us the faith to hold on to you. Thank you, Father, for being faithful. For being kind. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You see, I know that that word spoke to you and it resonated with you at some point. And you would like to respond to it. And I want to let you know that you can do that right now. Perhaps you want to do Bible studies to know more about Jesus Christ. Perhaps you want to be baptized. Perhaps you just want to recommit your life to Jesus. Please text us on the number on the screen. I'll be more than happy to respond to you and to your needs. May God bless you and take care of you. And I must see you very soon.